Team Damn It podcast. Uh, this week we're talking about comic books and comic conventions, primarily comic conventions. Yes. Uh, but you can't talk about one without the other. True story. Um, so, but quickly too, and I'm actually going to catch Sean off guard with this one. Um, we're, we're also going to kind of approach the subject of last week, last week's episode, because I had a revelation last night as I was sitting there messing around on Twitch. Go on. So, I should clarify, too, with the people listening, as well as those that are watching Twitch, uh, us, us stream our bullshit on Twitch. Uh, so, we, we've established a Twitch channel, and we're, we're trying to slowly build it. So, it's it's under, not under Team Dammit, it's under uh, Dante FF87. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, follow the, the Twitch log and, and search the name, or, you know, just be fancy and type in twitch.com backslash Dante FF87 and follow the t- channel there for random shit. Mm-hmm. So, as I'm messing around, though, on Twitch, like, kind of seeing what all's out there and, like, what all people are doing, I, I noticed there's uh, been a, a surplus of fitness and nutrition AMAs and, and channels like that that are streaming the shit and there was even one and i'm not going to name names because i'm not one to air them out if you will yeah but that being said when i log on to you twitch and i pull up your ama shit and i hear no it's okay if you want to gain muscle mass to double your calorie intake without any other information about that individual it's pretty irresponsible you're an idiot <laughs> For the irresponsible. That's yeah. So I'm I'm gonna preface this, and and I said this last week in last week's episode too. Like I am no expert, and I speak solely from my experience. And I even will preface it with this is what I have done, and this is was my experience with that matter. Do not take it as a hard truth. Take it with a grain of salt and research this stuff for yourself. And that does not mean. Log on to Twitch, listen to a podcast about some supposed fucking expert that knows what the hell they're doing. Because most of these idiots have the same nutrition certification that I do that was an at-home course, learn at your own pace, and doesn't actually quantify the shit. I like Cheetos. I do. I do too. That's my dietary expertise for you all. <laughs> Cheetos. Do I mean, I, it was even something like, too, like, oh, to watch the streamer's head explode when this guy said this in chat. My personal trainer, which this was funny, my personal trainer told me to drink a gallon of milk a day to gain muscle mass. So he's acknowledging that he has a personal trainer who, by kind, is also probably an idiot that, like, for some reason, told him to. I mean, and I, once again, I don't know this dude's story. Maybe he is, like, 300 pounds and just fucking jacked, and that's the only way he's going to gain even more muscle mass is just a gallon of milk a day, and his personal trainer knows that. But what? Yeah, I would put cute too. But to watch this other quote-unquote personal trainer on Twitch head explode. 
Who would well, why would you drink a gallon of milk a day? Like, maybe that's not enough. Maybe you need to drink more than a gallon of milk. I don't know. Like, like it was just fucking entertaining. And and I think too, we need to get back to that and realize that Twitch is social media. Yes, it's important to remember that. Twitch is a source of entertainment, like also social media. So, except for us, we're super serial. No, maybe. Depends. I would drink a gallon of chocolate milk a day. I bet you would. Chalky milk. Chalky milk. And chicken nuggies. Made <laughs> my, my heart so happy. If I had so, chalky milk and chicken nuggies. But but I I wanted to revisit that because just it, it wasn't just one channel that I was seeing this on. It was multiple channels mm-hmm. uh, that were all about this fitness and dietitian like. Like the the only way you're going to get solid nutritional advice is from a nutritionist who went to college for years. Yes. Plain and simple. Yes. But and which is why anytime I've ever given anybody advice, I preface it with this is my experience, this is what I tried. What works for me is not going to work for you. Right. Figure it out. Research this shit on your own. So which leads me into something else that we forgot to talk about last week. Sweet Jesus. But it also is a nice little segue into uh, what we're talking about today. Okay. Fat shaming. Oh, boy. Yeah, fat shaming. Now, bear with me on this one, guys. Because I'm, I'm about, to, about to blow your mind at how offensive I'm going to be. Fat shaming should be a thing. I said should. Not should not. Should. But let me let me clarify. Um, I say this because, it, and we kind of touched a little bit on it in last week's episode. You know, when when yeah. Sean, you know, Sean mentioned like you know he he felt overweight and he came to me and he asked me my opinion and I was just kind of like, yeah, man, it, yep, you packed on the pounds. Yep, that's what I mean by fat shaming. I'm not talking about just going up to some random dude in the street and being like, dude, you fat. Like doing the family guy falls somebody around with a tulip. Right. Yeah, like I'm not talking about that. Like no, right. th- that 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 needs to stop. But if I think if you just reframe the word from fat shaming to brutal honesty, stop stop trying to dance around an issue. Yeah. I think that's really what it boils down to. I you say fat shaming, and I think brutal honesty because if you hadn't been brutal brutally honest with me, no, I'd still have you know. A dually set of tires around my, my waist. You know what I mean? <laughs> Looking like a Ford 350 running down 75 through potholes. It's bad. I'm happy to report that I'm down to a single cash truck. But, so, you know, I, I think everybody's so scared to broach that. And it, you see it all the time in marriages and relationships and mm-hmm. friendships. Do I look big? No, you look wonderful. <laughs> Meanwhile, job of the Hut's fucking like drooling out the side of their mouth. Because they're they're placating you, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. And if you hadn't been honest with me, I'd be still sitting at three fifty, right. rolling down seventy five. So, and I and I and like I said last week too, like I don't I don't make fun of the fat guy at the gym. Right. Like never will. He's he he recognizes that there's something about himself that he doesn't like, mm-hmm. and he's actively working on making it better. I make fun of the fat guy that wants to sit there and Barney rubble himself. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you see what I did, uh, you know, and, and wants to sit there and show me pictures of, you know, when he was in the army and he was a hundred pounds lighter and, and had an active lifestyle 
and, and now like he's showing up to work and talking and complaining about how he wants to lose weight, but he, you know, he walked in through the door with uh, the biggest bag from Dunkin' Donuts you can imagine. That's the guy I make fun of. You think it was filled with minis? Or like an actual set of donuts? Oh, I know exactly what it was filled with. It was two things of hash browns, uh, two bagel, egg, and cheese sandwiches, and a large iced coffee filled with sugar and cream. I do like hash browns, though. I mean, yeah. I could probably mash on a whole bag of hash browns. I just yeah. feel absolutely and terrible. And that's why I say take it with a grain of salt, because what I'm sitting here telling you and the advice I give to people, I'm guilty of myself. Yeah, but we are consistently working out. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. That's a big thing. You can't eat a whole bag of hash browns and then not work out. Like, but what happened? <laughs> that's that's not how this works. Yeah. So. so, but this also is a perfect segue into what we're actually talking about today with this this podcast is in comic books and comic cons. And I imagine you're probably asking yourself, well, how the fuck does fat shaming translate to comic books and comic cons? Well, funny you ask. Because apparently in America now, we have what's called an obese community. Yeah, they would like to be recognized the same as the LGBTQ community, and it's it's the obese community of America. This is a thing. Google it. And they came out and are were wanting to boycott the new Black Widow movie. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to boycott the Black Widow movie because there was a fat joke at the expense of Red Guardian in the trailer. Even though that was his idea. This is the world we live in, people. Huh. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, like many things, I think this is, you make this community, and you do this and do that, and, you know, acceptance or whatever. And I'm not telling you not to love your body. Love your body. I love my big ass schnoz. Whatever. It's the source of all my power. But, um, it's right here. Right in this journal area. Um, but I think people are so scared to say, Hey man, you are an unhealthy weight. You are going to die. You need to lose Like there's, there's a difference and I get genetics. First person says genetics. I'm literally going to throw myself off this window over here, but there's a difference <laughs> in genetics and there's a difference in making excuses and being lazy, you know? And this is where I want to be. <laughs> no, um, so I, you know, I think that you know that we create these things because we're looking to just make excuses of like-minded people who are in echo chamber that, no, this is okay. This is this is a completely healthy lifestyle, and it's it's not. No. And then you got social media, which is getting the village idiot, you know, a megaphone. Case in point, us, yeah. and yeah. here we are. Which, yeah. Because I'm definitely both. Oh, 100%. Which, to go off on a tangent here, brings me to something that's actually habitually a problem. Um, when did we learn, like, stop taking a joke? Oh, man. That's impossible now. It's Dude, like, so we actually had this conversation at the firehouse because I actually just got in trouble last week. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say trouble. I got it talking to, which I was just like, okay. But, you know, it was because there's a, the younger generation be, has become so sensitive. Yes. And, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it. Like, be offended. If you want to be offended, be offended. But it, it's the truth. Like, I see it all the time. These young guys coming in and they want to crack jokes at my expense and say stuff to me and be a part of the crew. And that's fine. Like, I can laugh about it. 
Like, and I'll be the first one to crack a joke about myself. Mm-hmm. But the second I fire back and start cracking jokes about them, all of a sudden I'm in a captain's office having a conversation about why I offended somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. If, if you want to crack jokes at my expense, I'm going to do it right back. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't want jokes cracked at your expense, then don't try. Like, it's a whole fucking thing. But anyway, now that we've gotten off topic. We're off our soapbox. Sort of. Uh, we'll so, be back on it momentarily. It takes a second. So, you know, MCU is doing big things with, you know, Disney Plus now. Um, and the Morbius trailer just released this week. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm not either. Um, you know, I have PTSD from Suicide Squad, as I think most people do. Never came out. Is Still that pre-production. Is that like the Fantastic Four movie? Yep. I'm pretty sure I actually saw that movie, and Doctor Doom was the most fantastic hacker I've ever seen in my life. Nope. Still written the script for it. Never came out. Huh. What the fuck did I watch? I don't know. Probably some weird anime. TV must have been a snow camo. Oh, my God. And I'm leaving the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, I mean, they're, they, like... The trailer looks awesome. It's it's alright. I was not impressed. Usually, you know, a movie like um, oh, what's the last example that I got super excited? Or Far From Home. Far From Home. I watched the trailer, and even in the trailer, was high quality, and you could tell this was going to be a decent movie. They they would really just have to screw the pooch to make Far From Home bad. And I watched Morbius's trailer, and I'm just like, this movie just seems. All over God's creation. Like, there's a, this is going to be, you know, lack of a better expression, a clusterfuck. And I didn't get excited for it. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they, they gave you enough of the story to intrigue you into the storyline. But they also gave you enough, like, hey, this is going to tie over to some other stuff. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and I'm also a huge Spider-Man nut. So, you know, that might just be a bias on my part. Maybe just a little. I'm never biased. I don't know, man. Like I said, the example I talked about earlier this week, uh, if you guys have not seen 1917, definitely worth checking it out. Uh, The trailers did it justice. I mean, it was absolutely, um, what you see in the trailers, it's not even a fraction of how how well that movie is filmed, the acting, the intensity. Um, And that just came from the trailer. That's what grabbed me was the trailer. And it was a decent enough trailer. That's another issue. Just people giving away a whole movie and a trailer. That's why I watched like the first trailer and then I'm done. And I was like, kind of nervous about. Oh, I was like, oh, 1917. It's World War One plot twist. A lot of trench warfare. Is this going to be, you know, him running around a trench for an hour and a half and be like, oh, oh German? <laughs> like, look, like whack a mole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I guess if you're for like an hour and a half doing whack a mole in the trenches. And I was pleasantly surprised that there was so much substance beyond the trailer. Right. And I think Morbius, one of the issues there is like, man, okay, you just told me the whole damn story. Yeah. And I mean, that's my issue. Because it's a new character, obviously. We don't know. Right. Unless you don't know anything about comics. Um, you know, you pretty much gathered who he is and what he's about and the whole movie in the trailer. And that's, yeah. that drives me nuts. That's my soapbox. He talks about fitness and I'm like, this movie's going to suck. <laughs> my chocolate milk. And my chicken nuggies. And my chicken nuggies. <laughs> but... But you, you're absolutely right. We have Morbius coming out. Um, Disney Plus is doing, oh my God, God Emperor Mickey. I mean, it's just Palpatine Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's, 
and it, it's so funny too because like what was it Disney Plus like reported like they lost sixty percent of their subscribers after like the they Mandalorian all, was yes. over. It's like on one hand, cool for that show, like that they had that many people signing up for a subscription service based off of their show alone. But on the other hand, too, it's like that's not all that's going on on Disney Plus. No, there's a lot of decent shows. Um, hell, I like Disney Plus just for National Geographic. Yeah, and, you know, they, I'm I'm a nerd. Let's just be honest here. I like Drain the Oceans. What? What? <laughs> like Drain the Oceans is one of my favorite shows on Nat Geo, and that's there. But Mando is. Yeah. I was the bee's knees. Yeah. Damn you, John. And, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's spawned some of these awesome things. Like, and the fact that, um, and I'm going to say her name wrong because I'm not thinking too much about it. Uh, Gina Carano, like she's so active on social media. She's like, so, she's so pretty. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. So she, active on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But yes. like, she's been awesome with the fan base. Um, from what I've seen. You're an idiot. <laughs> She's offset chance that she was watching. It, yeah, I mean... She's she like, is... that big nose guy right there? Give me that man's digits. <laughs> <laughs> I see the source of all his power. <laughs> but and there was something I saw the other day, and it was fantastic. Um, this guy dressed up as the Mandalorian to go to a Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and he was pushing around a stroller with Baby Yoda in it. That's fantastic. And he had... A cup of chalky nuggie, like oh no, a cup of chalky milk yes. in the cup holder, and then he had a box of um, chicken nuggies, but it was like the little frogs. Yeah, if you're watching this, well played. Right, I was you're like, right. I'm just like, it's it's the beginning of 2020, and you already won cosplay of the year in my book. That's yeah, that's man. I think the the what made the Mandalorian so attracting. Was a well, I think this goes back to the trailer thing, kind of sort of uh, hand in hand with it. John Favreau said outright, leading up to the Mandalorian release, I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah, you knew going into the first episode, we had no idea. We knew that it was a Mandalorian. Yep, that's just because of the title. Like everybody was still thinking it was going to be Jango Fett coming back. Yeah, oh yeah, and it was. I mean, I heard everything from um, this. You know, further expands upon the clones. This is. The destruction of the clones again somehow, and it's going to retell that story to Boba and Jenga and everything in between, and it was nothing because yeah. John Favreau literally just kept his mouth shut and just let everybody wonder. Yeah. And we still, you know, we keep saying Baby Yoda. We have no idea that's the child. Yeah. Don't don't say Baby Yoda to John Favreau. Apparently, he lost his mind on somebody for saying yeah. it. <laughs> Apparently, he gets really pissed about that. Yeah. If you're watching John. Always fucking coming for you. <laughs> but anyway, apparently, too, like if you want to kick off some shit, just hire John Favreau to do the first one at least. At least, yeah. 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 Iron Man, John Favreau. Yeah. Uh, first two. Yeah. Mandalorian. Yep. There's yeah. another one, too, that I'm forgetting, but it kicked off a whole franchise. He's done a lot of like one off movies, too, that have been. Yeah. Like he's done comedies, he's done serious. He's done... I never knew that John Favreau was such a hell of a. Director, I yeah. know it's like he's you know, kind of like the um, sidekick funny guy, but apparently that man can direct. Yeah, but except for the guy with the bird, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> you missed the mark on that one, John. Just, it's okay. I he, he just wants his bird back. He's not. 
Uh, well, you know what? It'll never be as bad as Mandal- or not Mandalorian, Jesus. Mandarin. What are you talking about? Listen, viewers and listeners. I know people listening can't see it, but I'm staring at you intently. And I want you to know that he's not a part of it. Ole, 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 ole. I was so disappointed by that. <laughs> well, apparently the the, the new uh, Shang-Chi movie that's coming out is like... Supposed to expand upon... Yeah, because it's, it's subtitled with Shang-Chi and like the Ten Rings or something yep. like that. Yeah. Yep. Which, which you can't have the Ten Rings without the Mandalorian. Which you just said Mandalorian. I keep doing the same thing. Like God, Mandarin. 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 They're too close. Mandarin. They're too close. Orcas. Orcas. Got it. I don't have it. I nope. But the Mandarin, I, I know they tried to retcon uh, Mandarin in that one shot. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I think what was really upsetting, aside from obviously the character was I had so much love for Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Because he's just an incredible actor. I, mm-hmm. mean, he, I mean, you could throw that man in anything. You know, whether he's doing Poe um, and Stonehurst Asylum, which is a fantastic horror movie, uh, or he's doing The Mandarin. Yeah. You, he gives it all and everything he's got. And when they made him, you know, into a stupid drunk soccer fan that's clueless and has no idea what's going on, I was like, you dicks. <laughs> you a-holes. You, you've ruined this. You've... <laughs> You've ruined my take on Ben Kingsley, and I feel the need to write Ben Kingsley and be like, hey man, don't do that again. Never make that mistake again. And then, while well, in the retcon, you know, it kind of leaves it back open, but Ben Kingsley's getting up there in age, too. Yeah, he is. So I don't know if, you know, if it is filmed already, is it Ben Kingsley back? Is it, are we going to do the whole CGI thing with, uh, <laughs> super CGI with Michael Douglas as a young, you know, Hank Pym, where, my God. Boy, they had to develop, develop a whole software program to make that man look like he's still in his 30s. <laughs> and no offense to Michael Douglas. I mean, yeah. it's just, he's, God, he's in his 80s, yeah. 90s maybe. Man, whoa. Holy moly. But this is also a perfect segue because we're sitting here, we're talking about the, the movies, and we sat here and we said we're going to talk about comic books and, and comic cons. I figured we'd stumble into that. Yeah. You're going to like where this goes now. Oh, boy. 90%. That's right. 90% of the people who venture into a comic convention have only seen the movies. Yes. Yep. Let that sink in. I say this for the, the individuals that are um, doing the artist stuff and they're doing the, the, the exhibitor stuff at Comic-Cons. Um, it, it goes back to that whole, like, know your clientele. Mm-hmm. 90% of people that go into Comic-Cons have only ever seen the movies and never picked up a comic book. Yep. And I understand that there's going to be a place for that, but yeah. at the same time, I think what drives me nuts about the people who've only seen the movies is that latest attitude that comes through. Yeah. And that drives me nuts. Like, yeah. well, you know, that Doom was a computer hacker. Like, uh, <clears throat> he was, though. <laughs> Every shot I get. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> this is Sean signing off. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and it's. That's and that's kind of led into, and I know where you're going with this, so I'm gonna cut you off the knees. Um, not my knees, so you have a, of course, I'm not diabetic. If you haven't listened to us before, uh, James, my friend here, uh, is a hell of an artist. He does his own art, he does his own comic book. He's the jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, I'm just Jack, I, 
think I drank Jack once. Um, yeah, you usually stick to Jameson, though. Yeah, Jameson's my thing. Um, yeah. But then these cons have switched. So it used to be back in the day, of course, you know, when being a nerd was not cool. I distinctly remember it being not cool. Um, yeah. You go to these conventions and it was, oh my God, you have this issue. You know, you have Hawkeye number two, or you have this, or you have that. I get first appearance of Punisher. And now you don't see it. You see maybe one or two booths that have comics in it that are way overpriced in their on their grading scale because they have to make a profit. And then everything else is media guests. And uh, it was a Galaxy Con we just went to. Yeah, Galaxy uh, Con was the most recent one we did. That was in Louisville back in November. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, was that the M Center we were at? No, that was Lexington we were at. So the M Center's in Louisville. What's yeah. That? What's the name that? No, we were at, we were in Louisville. The Yum Center's. I don't know where the hell we were at. It might have been the Yum Center. Was it? I don't know. Either the way, I just um, showed up. You know, a humongous. Think of convention centers. If you paint that image in your mind, they're very large, and over half of that was just for media guests. Mm-hmm. So we had been crammed. Every artist, every comic book, every vendor, yeah. um, which includes people who make their own art, people who um, you know are. What's the one you need? Uh, the guy from Pale Walker, who did his own uh, unique like charcoal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to that guy. Um, but we were crammed in this little spot, and then it was the media guests had like five or six different rows, mm-hmm. and that's where everybody stayed. Right, and the thing is too, and I'm to to for the attendees that go to these shows too. In case you haven't noticed, the price for a Comic Con ticket is going up. Oh God. Looking at you, Cincinnati. I mean, Aaron, you out. Oh, I don't give a shit. Nah, me neither. I mean, I've never uh, given a shit. No. Because, I mean, ultimately, here's the thing. Um, Cincinnati Comic Expo, when it first started out in, like, 2009, you could get in the door for the entire weekend for, like, what, 25, 30 bucks? Easy, yeah. Something stupid like that. Last year, for 2019 alone, I think, I mean, now, I was there as an artist, um, which I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's it for me. I'm out. Um, but I think for the attendees, it was like $50 just for a Saturday pass alone. Um, now you, you might ask, you like say like, oh, well they, they've gained popularity. They can, they can charge that price. No. Uh, reason being is that the, the, the main reason the price has gone up is they have taken a zero, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for here? A zero risk you can say, out of their own pocket. A zero-sum game? Mm. I hate you. But, so basically what they do is, is they, they foot the bill for all these media guests that are coming based off of pre-sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the higher the ticket price, the more money they have to get bigger names to come in through the door. Now, when these media guests and the big-name artists show up at these Comic-Cons, they have guarantees. They have guaranteed of what they're going to make for the weekend. They have a guaranteed hotel for the weekend. They have a guaranteed airfare, all this stuff. It's paid for. Personal assistant. Yeah. The whole nine. This, this stuff is paid for them by the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of shows have adopted this model that they have increased the prices of tickets to fund that. Yes. Because the bigger names obviously draw the bigger crowds. Now, what this does, though, is for your average attendee who is probably now like maybe I'd say 18. We'll go with 18. The average age now of your attendee is 18 years old. Give or take, yeah. 
Well, I don't know about you, but when I was 18, I was working as a pizza delivery guy. I think I might have been unemployed. Yeah, so I didn't have much disposable income. Um, And if I was able to go to a Comic-Con past the door of admission, I might have, like, the price of admission through the door. Jesus, I said that all kinds of backwards. Uh, I get it. I speak change. Yeah. But, you know, past, past the price of the door, like, I might have had, like, maybe an additional, like, 50 bucks in my pocket to spend. Oh, yeah. The, the years that even as an older adult, like, you know, 25, 26, where I actually had a full-time job, um, I might have saved up for it, which I did a lot. And I might have, you know, two to $400, depending on who was going to be there, that I saved up. Mm-hmm. But keeping in mind that, you know, like I said, your average attendee is 18 now. Um, them showing up to the show, they might have, when since the, the price at the door has gone way up exponentially, mm-hmm. they might have like 10 bucks. Now, I say this because how many times have I had somebody come up to the table and be like, oh, well, I got like $5 left that I need to spend. Yep. And I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. I, I really don't. Like, it's not that individual's fault. I, I know what it was like when I was 18. Oh, yeah. Um, so, piece of advice for, you know, exhibitors, artists, just know your clientele, but also for people that are attending shows, if you're going to attend a show, just keep in mind that a lot of these artists and a lot of these exhibitors, this is their livelihood. Like... They have to pay bills too. Which leads to another great point. And this is going to be my soapbox. Oh God. Soapbox. Con etiquette. God, we can do a whole hour on that. Well, briefly, we'll do another, probably do another show on that. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but here's some bullet points. A, we're all adults. For the most part, there's some not, probably some underage kids there. But even if you're an underage kid, listen, there's hair in your armpit. We'll go with that. Or it's 90 degrees outside. And there's, you know, a few thousand people in this hall. You should probably wear deodorant. I feel like I shouldn't have to say this. No. I feel like that's covered like in like third or fourth grade. Yeah. Actually. Deodorant. Like, I love that you guys are walking around and dressed up, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But if you're dressed up as, you know, uh, Galactus, and it's the coolest thing in the history of the world, you have like seven foot stilts and you have the helmet and all that stuff. But I can't get past your stinky armpits. I can't appreciate your Galactus. So even if you don't do it for you, do it so you don't be a stinky Galactus. Or deodorant. My life's a stinky Galactus. Yeah. And that shit travels everywhere. <laughs> it's at the booth. That shit lingers at the booth. Uh-huh. It lingers in the hallways everywhere. It's awful. Or deodorant. I'm going to start throwing like travel-sized deodorant at Galactuses as they walk by. Yeah. Or Batman's. Or Jokers, or Harley Quinns, everybody's yeah. exempt. Yeah, but and then also while we're talking about cosplay too, and the uh, you know I will say this: like I have seen some shady moments with people asking for pictures of cosplayers. Like, yeah, yeah. Or it, it just not even asking for pictures. Yes. Like, I don't know how many times I've, like, caught creepy old dudes, like, scamming on the girl that doesn't even know she, he, he's standing behind her mm-hmm. taking pictures. Like... And we will call you out. Oh, I've been notorious for calling people out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll play that game. Listen, yeah. if you're at a con and you... If you're going to take a sneaky photo, ask yourself this question. If I did this on a public street, would I get arrested? If your answer is yes, well, potentially... Don't do what you're about to do. Yeah. 
these people put a lot of time into their costumes. Um, even the professional ones, even the like, what's the going joke? The fat, you ain't a cunt, you see a fat Wolverine. Yeah. Even fat Wolverine deserves that respect. Yeah. It takes two seconds to tap somebody on the shoulder and be like, so okay if I take your picture? Yeah. Love your costume. Can I have a photo with you? Yeah. If they say yes, go for it. If they say no, walk the fuck away. Yeah. Don't yeah. be a creeper. If Catwoman is there and you're kind of giving off that, uh, that vibe and she's like, nah, I'm good. Right. Don't wait and like walk five steps until she turns around and be like, click, got a picture of your butt cheeks. Right. <laughs> I'm going to call you. We're both going to call you out. Yeah. Which also too, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up too, um, because this this has been a new trend too uh, I've noticed in the cosplay community of you know, and if you want to make cosplay a profession, go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna knock you for it. You know, there's a place and time for everything, and you know, each to their own. Um, but if you walk up to me and ask me for something, and I, and I tell you the price on it, and then you say, oh well, I'll give you a shout out on my Instagram. That's not currency. What's the uh, exchange rate between a shroot buck and a Stanley nickel? That's my response. I don't know either of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Is it on the Dow Jones? Or? No, I'm pretty sure it's not. Oh. But, but here, here's my point. If you want to treat your Instagram and cosplay like as a business, then come at me like a business. If you were to come up to me and you just simply say, like, hey, I want this item. I don't want to pay money for it because I'll give you a shout out on my Instagram. Okay, I get it. You're trying to advertise for me, but that's not how this is done. Right. Um, now, if you say to me, like, oh, okay, well, I'll give you a shout-out on my Instagram, and here's some hard data of times I've given people shout-outs on my Instagram before, and here's how it translated for their business, and you have, like, empirical data for me to look at, then we can talk because you actually approached it like an adult business owner. But you just walk up to me and say, hey, I'm going to give you a shout-out on my Instagram. I have, like, 1,500 followers. I don't give two shits. Sorry. I have no followers. Oh, neither do I. That's Can the I funny part picture? about all this. Like, I, I'm, I'm terrible at social media. I'm still waiting on Dr. Doom. Yeah, you ain't getting that. I could say hi to you on Facebook or something. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. Is that going to work? Can I get that for free? No. Fucking hate this podcast. <laughs> it's the worst podcast ever. But... We, I don't know, we we tend to have a lot of fun at Comic Cons. Oh man, absolutely. We don't treat it serious at all. We did the, uh, I did the elevator disco. Yeah. This last time around. Yeah. Which is there's video of that. Yeah, actually, it's on. It is on. That's on the Instagram. Um, is it on the Instagram? It is on the Instagram. Some of the beat. Yeah. I know it was there. Yeah, we uh, we played the Root Sandstorm. Yeah. And Sean is tall enough. Um, to reach the lights in the elevator. Yeah. And he proceeded to play his own uh, disco party in the elevator on the way down to the Comic-Con. That's only slightly embarrassing that it's on the Instagram. It's only slightly embarrassing. Not the world can see it. Yeah. Um, we also, what was it? Oh, yeah, that was right after, too, like, Disney Plus came out. And we were trying to watch the newest Man. episode of The Mandalorian. Man. An hour and a half in our hotel room trying to figure out how to stream the Disney Plus on the hotel TV. Because they had that weird Chromecast. Yeah. But it wasn't actually a Chromecast. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Just for us to, after an hour and a half, decide that we just weren't getting to watch The Mandalorian. And Sean had the best response ever when I said, I guess we'll just have to watch Netflix. And what was that response, Sean? What, am I a fucking peasant? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But we did get free snacks out of it. We did get free snacks, like yeah, yeah. 
Yes. The the hotel that cost us four hundred something dollars uh, for one night. Um, we got free snacks because we couldn't watch TV the way we wanted to watch TV. So yeah, that was the uh, no, that was the second episode of Mandalorian that we were trying yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, because that was like the that was the oh shit moment. Yes, like at the end of episode one. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, wait, A, what the fuck's wrong with you? Get your shit together. B, like, stop listening. Yeah. Uh, come back after you, and w- listen after you've watched that. <laughs> but, you know, after after the first episode, it, like, that week wait between episode one and episode two was like, oh my god. Yes. Like, is this reincarnated Yoda? Is this, like, like what is going on here? Like, and we still don't goddamn no, know. No, we still don't know. Goddamn it, John Favreau. So. This theme has turned into goddamn it, John Favreau. <laughs> I mean, we had a whole thing set up, but it just turned into goddamn John Favreau. Uh, but we, we've we've done other shows, too. Um, there's some that we won't ever do again. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because it's, it's infuriating for the aforementioned reasons that we've already stated. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some shows too that we've done where they were advertised very well and we get there and like nobody shows up to the show. Yeah. Um, so we're not doing that again. Um, but you know, we've, we've had some moments where we've had great success at shows as well. Mm -hmm. Um. Like and admittingly, I know I, I rag on the Cincinnati Expo a lot now. Um, but the first few years that we did the show as exhibitors, when we had the comic book store, they were actually pretty good. Because mm-hmm. um, we're still I mean, we're vendors, but we're also patrons, right? And we always we turn everything into a big joke. So I mean, from the time we start setting up, which admittingly I was probably the most stressed, always as an exhibitor. Because it's all on you to set up the booth that you get zero help. In fact, actually, like the help you get usually sets you back about twenty paces. Way wrong. From from the volunteers because they have no idea what's going on, and they usually tell you to go ask somebody else that's way over there because that person will know. You get way over there, and they're like, I don't know what they're even talking about. Yeah, I'm in charge of paper towels. Like, right. So you know, and then load in, load out. That's always a nightmare. But oh, yeah. I'd always be super fucking stressed. You don't say. As an exhibitor. As an exhibitor. As an artist, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But, and I was only stressed during setup and teardown. Fuck you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, our, our first year doing the, the expo was, and looking back now, we had fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But but during the process, I, I, I probably was an asshole. You guys remember trying to sell me? First, our first. No, that was the second one that we did, and yeah, we did yeah. try to sell you. Yeah. Sean was uh, newly single at the time. Yeah, just got my marriage. And um, he was kind of like he kind of kept mentioning like, ah, oh, I need to, I need to find a nice, nice girl, nice nerd girl at the Comic Con. And kept making jokes about it, and well, Cincinnati Expo has a geek prom. Yep. And so we put a sign around his neck that said, uh, "I'll go to geek prom with you." Yeah, you were trying to sell me off, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We st- it started as a, a just flat rate of like $100. Yeah. It turned into an auction. Yeah. It turned in for free hugs. Yeah. I still 
the worst friends. No, actually, <laughs> I take that back. Michael Poor offered to buy me. Yeah, he did. He did. But he wasn't actually at the show, so he couldn't collect on it. Yeah. yeah. So I just sat there like a like a little kid waiting for his dad in the fishing pole. <laughs> Are you old fishing dad? Yeah, Mike Lepore never shows up anymore. I know. And they, uh, <laughs> looks like a wood wall pigeon with his hair. <laughs> yeah. That's for you, Mike. Uh, gotta catch them all, Mike. That's it. That's majestic. But, yeah, I mean. I called him Macaroni Penguin a lot. Why did you call him Macaroni Penguin? Because he looked like a Macaroni Penguin. You're not, you're not wrong. Right. I can see that. Yeah. It was the hair. I never knew that. I wish I would have known that. I did too. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah, we, we, I, I think as patrons though, we had the most fun in Chicago. Yes. C2E2 was awesome. Yeah. That was always a blast. Yep. So huge. Yeah. You see a lot of random cosplays there too. Yeah. It's not all just, uh, Harley Quinns and Jokers and. All the walk, easy shit that people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, if you are trying to break into the cosplay scene, do not do Harley Quinn or Joker. I'm literally, literally just going to look right past you. Yeah. Like, do something unique. What was the one up there at C2E2? It was, um, the you really want to do a Dolph Punk, Dolph Punk album. It was the Dolph Punk, uh, Nash or something else. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember either. We've been to so many shows; it's not funny anymore. But it was, you know, it was creative. You know, make it, yeah. make it something unique. And it was had a light up helmet, and it like said words across the helmet. And yeah, the guy Manuel's helmet, I think it was. And it was matched with another comic book character, it was Doc Punk. But it was wonderful. Like you tell you that everything was handmade, everything was put together, and you caught a lot of attention. Versus the fifteenth Harley Quinn that walked by, I'm like, well, what about me? Right. <laughs> oh no, you're wearing your daddy booty shorts. <laughs> Again, the 16th one I've seen today. Yeah, um, but and, and it's it's interesting too because I think, oh, and I'm gonna forget it now. Um, there was something that just happened with a Marvel movie, and people were asking questions if it was going to be based off of a certain comic book, and I can't remember what it was now. Marvel movie. Yeah. Well, fuck, that's going to drive me up the wall. But anyway, we'll, we'll circle back to that because eventually I'll remember. But, um... Yeah, I got nothing on that one. Yeah. It's interesting to me, too, because a lot of these... Um, speaking of Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... If people would stick to the source material for these movies, I think they would do a lot better. But... yes. There is that leeway of like interpretation. Case in point, the Daredevil Netflix series, especially with Punisher. Oh yeah, like that was those. Some of those scenes were straight from the comic book. Yes, plain and simple. Yes, and, and I still hold the Daredevil and Punisher Netflix series in high regard, and I hope to God that they they bring those two guys back as Daredevil and Punisher. I guess Disney just signed off on R rated. Yeah, Punisher. Yeah, because Deadpool three is. Also a thing. Yep. And that's, you know, and that kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, um, the snubbing, I guess, and the general misunderstanding of the comic book, comic book industry as a whole. You know, Martin, of course, AZ, or whatever his name is. Yeah. I can't ever say his last name. Um, basically shit on 
Joker. Because, you know, he says, this isn't even, this isn't filmmaking, this is a theme park. Yeah. This isn't, you know, and I'm, right. I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, there's so much source material and so much creative writing that's been around for Joker that, yeah. you know, you've written maybe 20 scripts right. your whole career. These people have, you know, made something out of nothing and made it sell for years. Yeah. And, like, you came up with The Irishman after, like, 10 years. It's still three and a half hours. <laughs> you did some great CGI with, you know, oh, God, what the hell's his name? De Niro? Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't even seen The Irishman yet, to be honest. Listen, that dude's on death's door, all right? Like, yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he has to wear platform shoes and shit, and, like, he's got, like, the old man gobbler. Like, it's... But somehow, you know, with the Michael Douglas CGI, yeah, you know, they made him way young. And I'm like, this is good, but, yeah, you know, I thought Fleck as Joker was incredible, yeah. really. Honestly, it was, it was, I know that, uh, what was his name that did Deadpool? When I also directed that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds? No, 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 the director. Oh, the director, I have no idea. The guy who did the Deadpool movies is the one who did the Joker as well. And... I should know his name. It's yeah, something I just can't weird. Think of it. If you guys figure it out, just give me in the comments or something. Let me know. Um, but he went on to say, you know, as the movie was coming out, they're, they're doing their um, media campaign and all that. He said, "I wanted to make this movie uncomfortable to watch." It's and, uncomfortable to watch. And I remember, yeah, I remember watching it in theaters, and you know, there's a spot where he's lacing up his his clown shoes, and his his body is deformity. Mm-hmm. And his, you, you could just see feel the air around him. Even though it's in a movie, it's uncomfortable. You're yeah. Like, oh my God. This is like, hey, let me just go ahead and throw this out there. Um, mental illness is not Billy Ellish. Mental illness. Yeah, and that tells you how much I give a shit about yeah, her. It's like eyelash. Yeah, I don't care. Really don't care. But but mental illness is more apt of what Walking Phoenix looked like in the Joker. Yeah, I mean, there's. Man. Mental illness is, that's, oof, we can talk about that another day. Yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I really can't remember that guy's name, but um, for Scorsese to say that it's, you know, it's, there's nothing creative around these guys wearing Speedos or in super costumes and all yeah, this other right. shit, and it's just ignorant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Joker was, I think, probably one of the better ones to come out. Yeah. Since, you know, Endgame and. Although now I need to like, which I mean, and once again, spoiler alerts, because if you haven't seen Crisis on Infinite Earth on uh, on CW, um, just go ahead and, and, and turn this off. But uh, apparently DC Universe, like um, they, um, apparently there's a snippet of, was it Eliza Miller who played the Flash in the movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently he made a crossover into the CW, like. Flash universe, and there's a scene of him like meeting up with the CW Barry Allen, and I was like, "That's okay, that's that's awesome." But what, what about the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern? Where do you want to talk about that? Ryan Reynolds doesn't even fucking talk about that. Want to talk about the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool? No. no. I don't like hurting you. Yeah. You made me do this. Which, by the way, we're since he brought that up too. Oh, Jesus. Since we are technically talking about comic cons, and we have, I think, majority talked about comic book movies, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, you knew what this was. If you go to Comic Con dressed as Deadpool, <laughs> I'm over you already. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. 
Like, you have turned a character into a, a fucking endless circle jerk of fart jokes, and I'm done with it. It's one thing when Ryan Reynolds does it, because it's actually fucking funny. It's his delivery, I think. Yeah. But when you come into the Comic-Con hall, and you run around like an asshole, yeah. hashtag YOLO swagging all over the place, and you think it's hysterical, I just want to punch you. Yeah. You, you, like, I get it, Ryan Reynolds is funny, but Ryan Reynolds also, like, stuck to some source material, material with the Joe Kelly stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the Madeira stuff that, you know, they did early on. And Deadpool was a very serious character in the very beginning, and Ryan Reynolds brought some of that seriousness into it with the jokes. You are just a running fart joke. Quit. Speaking of, you know how I wish we'd come back. I know it's like, I mean, I love Bernthal, but Bernthal, 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 Bernstein Bear. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> man, I'd love to see Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane, um, like, hey, in my honest opinion, I mean, now John Bernthal will give him a, a, a run for his money now with All everything that he's put out. Because he killed it as Punisher. Yeah, but Thomas Jane put out one of the best Punisher films ever, and it wasn't even the Punisher film that he did. It was Dirty Laundry. Yeah, it was Dirty Laundry. Best was, best Punisher movie that never came out. Yeah. It did better than one and two. Yeah, and it was a 10-minute short fan film. That yeah. he did himself. With Ron Perlman in it. Yeah. I literally watched that the other day. That's why it popped into my head. You know, and God, Thomas Jane, he loved Frank Castle. Yeah. He was he was an actual, and Thomas Jane is kind of one of like Ryan Reynolds, uh, was a comic book fan. Yeah. He grew up reading The Punisher, knew who Frank Castle was, and was completely disgusted with the way the first one turned out, which the first one had, you know, really great potential and just kind of shit the bed there at the end. Yeah. Kind of like House on Haunted Hill and a few others. But, um... Do you ever, you ever hear the story about John Bernthal, like, going to the comic book store to get, like, source material to read from? I did not. Yeah, so apparently, like, and the story goes, like, John Bernthal went to a comic book store after he got the part for Punisher and, like, was picking up Punisher comics and he went to the counter and it had already been announced that he got the part. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he goes to the counter, and the the clerk behind the counter goes, I know who you are. And John Bernthal was just like, oh, like, no, like, like it's, it's okay, I just want to buy these books. And he's like, no, no, you're not buying these books. And apparently, like, took the Punisher comics John Bernthal had selected, put them back, and chose better Punisher stories for John Bernthal to read. That's the real MVP right there. <laughs> that was the silent hero we needed, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because that, that, that whole Punisher series could have gone a whole different way. Yeah. I think, to this day, I think my, my favorite Punisher series is Greg Ruckus. And that's when they introduced that, that female Marine um, that lost her fan, her her husband. I, I was always a fan of Warzone. Yeah. But when he was in uh, Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts got a little weird, though, with the whole relationship with him and Elektra. I mean, it's the Thunderbolts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I can't, I think it's Steve Dillon is, was the artist at the beginning yes. of it. Yeah. And Steve Dillon is an accomplished artist. Yes. For Marvel. Um, been with the studio, been with them for a while. Yeah. He, he seems like a fantastic dude. I've never had the privilege to meet him. Um, but when he draws the Punisher and it looks exactly like Elektra in the face, I have a hard time with it. It's, it's the lips, man. Swing and a miss. Yeah. 
There's also the uh, Punisher versus Archie. Oh yeah, man, that's a weird crossover. Yeah, and oh. I think hasn't yeah the Punisher's gone toe to toe with Batman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it kind of made me sad that the uh, man. I wish they could have worked out the deal with um, Sony and all that before. Yeah. Infinity War because there's there was a major part in the comics for uh, Infinity War. I'm sorry, Civil War. My apologies, Civil War. Oh, I was like, yeah, wait, where are we going with this? Where Cap and Punisher go at it. Because remember, there was all... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, if you... If, it, like, Man, at this point in time, if you haven't read Civil War, like, actually read Civil War... So good. Uh, you need to go back and do that. Um, not Civil War Two. That was Captain America... Or, sorry, Captain Marvel fan fiction. Mm-hmm. We just kind of gloss over that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go back and read the original Civil War... Uh, there's a fantastic scene where Punisher aligns himself with Cap, mm-hmm. but also true to Punisher, like he refuses, absolutely refuses to budge on his values, and it, it makes for a great scene that even kind of humbles Cap. Um, yeah, because he walks. You know what? I don't care about spoilers. It's, it's not a spoiler. Fucking like twenty years later. But, uh, but he 15. walks in. They're having a meeting, and he walks in, and uh, Hobgoblin's in there. Uh, a few villains who have aligned themselves with Cap, and Cap's like, "Well, we need everybody that we can get." You know, yeah. you know, got a truce on the table, blah blah. And Frank literally, in like two panels, walks in the door and just smokes him. <laughs> just there's like maybe four. I can't remember. I think um, Hobgoblins there. Um, Mysterio, One of the random Hobgoblins. Too, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Um, Mysterio. I, there's a whole bunch of. Yeah, it was a lot of random like C class <laughs> villains. He smoked them all. Yeah, and then Cap beats his ass, and Frank doesn't even fight back. He refuses, and yeah. Cap even kind of goads him into it, like you know, you're going to hit me, or you're just going to, you know, yeah, you know, I respect you, I respect you too much to do that. Yeah, but I'm disappointed in you. He gave like the disappointed dad speech, yeah, and <laughs> took the moral high ground. I'm like, I damn it, Frank, <laughs> magnificent bastard. Which, and I finally got to read. Um, now, now that the whole Fox thing is done, and Marvel has decided to stop being a bunch of fucks, um, which if you haven't figured out by now that there's going to be language in this, I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but sorry, uh, Marvel decided to stop being a bunch of fucks now that they've acquired Fox through the Disney shell, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they they brought back Fantastic Four, they brought back Reed and Sue with Johnny and, and Ben and I and I finally read the story and you can tell like it's not a bad read but you can tell like it was like oh okay like we have the Fantastic Four MCU property back under our umbrella it's okay now to go ahead and write the Fantastic Four comics again oh, yeah. like it wasn't a great storyline it was just very much like okay we're gonna bring Fantastic Four back um, you know, the the best Fantastic Four was Jonathan Hickman's ship. Future Foundations. Future Foundation, and he, I mean, he was writing Fantastic Four at the same time, too. Which all of it led up into Infinity War. Which, you know, how am I talking about Infinity War with Fantastic Four and Jonathan Hickman? When the, the, the Fantastic Four wasn't even in the MCU. Oh my god. Comic Hick- books. Man, Hickman's uh, take on the Infinity War was incredible. Yeah. It really was. I mean, you know, I, I get it. You always pay, you know, respects to the original story, but the way it was drawn, 
you know, and Thor kind of sends Mjolnir through somebody's chest. By throwing it around like the moon? <laughs> All right, I'll take a knee. He just kind of whips that thing out, and he's like, yeah, I'm on a knee. He just kind of holds his hand up and bursts through this dude's chest. I was like, I'm going to like this story. Yeah. This is going to be a good story. And it, Infinity War was good with what they had, but man, that should have been an all-call, you know, every major character, not just what you saw in the movies. There's so much more. If you guys are not into comic books, um, and you liked what the Infinity War was, you liked all of them coming together, you should definitely read the originals. I mean, it's, yeah. oh, everybody is there. Yeah. Everybody, because they need everybody to beat the Mad Titan. And even then. And even then. Shit gets a little south. Yeah. Shit like, gets a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Hickman, so it's always weird. That's, that's his MO, man. Yeah, he doesn't spare... He doesn't spare any new readers, so I would recommend starting with it. You know, I, kind of work up to it. Note, I love his take on critics. Yeah, because so you know, I Marvel kind of went through that Bendis social justice warrior sprout, if you will. I guess yeah, after the Secret Wars. And okay, I'm trying. I'm not going to get you too wound up. We'll, we'll talk about that probably another day as well. Um, yeah. But I remember what did, he, what did he write after the. The big Bendis boom. Um, I can't remember what it was. What, what didn't he touch? There was a lot he had his hands in. There was one last Marvel property he had before he took off for DC for a little bit. And I can't remember. Uh, was that X-Men? It might have been. But somebody had pointed out, like, well, this doesn't tie in with the uh, the changes that Bendis had made. I somebody called him out on Twitter or something. He was like, oh, yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then yeah. you don't like it? Don't fucking read it. Yeah. And then he, uh, he oh, yeah, he, he said he sabotaged something. On purpose. Yeah, there was something that he got. I, it's something recent too, and I don't even yeah. know if the books actually come out. That might be and, on DC. And, yeah, no, it was it was under Marvel it was with Marvel. yeah with Hickman, but like he he flat out just said it. Like I got tired of you know the 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 readers and, and their bullshit, and I'm just gonna sabotage this. And it, it made me fucking laugh. I think it was actually like an X Men book he's on or something like that. It could very well be, but that's 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 Hickman. Yeah, at least he's a consistent asshole. I mean. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of the SJW stuff, since you decided you wanted to bring that shit show up. Oh, Jesus. I'll, I'll simply say this. Yes, comic books started out with some of them having some political motives for the time that they were written in. That's fine. And we can involve politics in comics now if you really, really want to. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I read Green Arrow. I have Green Arrow tattooed on me. Like, if you want to talk about the biggest SJW there's ever been in comic books, Green Arrow. Yeah. I, so, I get it. Um, my issue is simply this. Do not destroy established characters to make them fit with the time. Yes. The, the most painstaking read I think I've had in recent years was when it came out that Iceman was gay. Yeah, that was brutal. And it wasn't because he came out as gay. It had nothing to do with it. It was terrible, lazy writing. It was exactly that. It was lazy. It was lazy as fuck. Yep. Like, there's literally a scene where he's sitting there with his older self, and he's like, he's like, what do you say? Something to the effect of, like, I just never felt comfortable saying it in those times. Yeah. But now now it's okay. It's, what? 
Like, it, and, and don't get me wrong, there's something to be said for that too because even 10 years ago, it wasn't okay to come out as gay. Hell, I mean, there's still moments now it's not okay to come out as gay depending on who you talk to, you know, which, by the way, fuck you individuals that say that shit. But, um, it, it was lazy writing. It, it really wasn't. I, yeah, that's been our biggest bitch and great about this whole thing. It's lazy. You know, he quit reinventing characters. It was like, uh, after the Secret Wars, Hulk became a little Asian kid or something like that. Yeah, Amadeus Cho. Yeah, and why? Just make a new character. Make yeah. somebody that, you know, if you want to say, okay, we got like, Amadeus Cho is this this whole new character with this whole new set of abilities, mm-hmm. and this is why he kicks ass. I'm more apt to read that yeah. than you trying to force something on me that says, just kidding, Bruce Banner, he's out. Right. And now it's Amadeus Cho. Uh, that's, that's lazy to me. Right. Make a new character. Make it awesome. I mean, there's your imagination is the limit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want, like, a character that can shoot silly string out of their fingertips... That, you know, it turns into napalm or some shit. You know, it's... Well, that's dangerously close to Jubilee, but okay. <laughs> the 90s were a fantastic time. Yeah, it was such a weird time. Weird. Uh, but, yeah, it's... And, there, and the few characters they have created that have been unique under the Marvel and DC branches have been awesome. And I've even been okay with DC's um, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz as Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was well-written. Yes. Um, and it makes sense that they could get Green Lantern rings and how Jessica Cruz got the Green Lantern ring through, you know, the whole power ring. And, and I, I can't remember what that was. Um, it was the thing, the villain stuff that led up to like villain months and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, it, it was well-written. I was okay. Like, like those were actually good characters. I still read those characters. Yeah. Um, but when you simply just change a character for the sake of changing the character to, you know, better your agenda, that's where I take issues. Yeah, it's just it's lazy to me. That's like, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to stop right there. But So, and and I get it, being all-inclusive and, and making oh, yeah. it a wider range for everybody to, you know, feel like they have some kind of stake in the in the, in the material. And that's, that's awesome. Do that. Don't be lazy about it. And don't even look at it from a standpoint of, well, like, I'm not being lazy about it. I'm just trying to, like, it's not laziness. I'm just trying to include everybody. Well, okay, how about this? If you want to include those people, give them the respect that they deserve and put forth your better effort and write an awesome story for the people that deserve to be included, which everybody deserves to be included. Yes. I'm going to say that better myself. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, when I see you try to include a character, like, a, a... a demographic, let's just say that. When I see you try to include a demographic in comic books and you've lazily written it, I have less respect for you. Absolutely. Because, not because you tried to include somebody, but because you were lazy about it. That's like the um, Robbie Race Ghost Rider. Yeah. You know, where they finally switched off from Johnny Blaze to Robbie Reese. And uh, those that haven't read it, he's a, starts off, he's Mexican with his little brother. They're single family no dad mm-hmm. and his brother is disabled and he's you know he's a mechanic he's working in day in day out and basically just wants to support his family and the way it's written for Ghost Rider yeah it was a far cry from what the other Ghost Riders were but it was wonderful it, yeah. was, it wasn't lazy this is a whole new character this is a whole new backstory yeah. and of course you know God, how many people have been 
Ghost Rider at this point. There was even that storyline, uh, it was like From Hell or something like that, where like all of the Thunderbolts team ended up being Ghost Riders. Like Venom was a Ghost Rider. Thanks, Yeah. Uh, it, it was fucking weird, but it was also awesome. Uh, X-23 was, was a, a Ghost Rider. That was a pretty good story, too. I like that one. And then there's... Well, hell, even in the, 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 you know, the, the, the cinematic world, Coulson was Ghost Rider for a hot two seconds, you know? Get out of there. And I was like, God, they miss Coulson. Yeah, I think everybody does. I think I might cry. I might cry when he yeah. the first Avengers. Yeah. And I was like, just kidding. <laughs> Tahiti's a wonderful place. Uh, Tahiti is a wonderful place. Oh, it is. It is a wonderful place. Magical place. Magical place. Yeah. But, Tony, we're going to start trying to wrap this up, though. Cause, and I say that now because it's uh, so probably taking another 20 minutes. Um, but, so just general. I have to do adult things today. I know. That's weird. Right? I don't like it. Um, blank, blanket advice as far as comic cons go. Uh, be prepared. Yeah. Either, no matter what side of the fence you're on, be prepared. As an exhibitor or an artist going to the show to set up your stuff, or even as an attendee, be prepared. Um, be polite. I feel like I really should not have to say that in 2020. Um, it's lost a lot of people anymore. Oh, my God. There's been so many people I just wanted the floor. Yes. Just because they're just assholes. Uh, and you're always going to have assholes. Uh, I've learned to either ignore you or just ridicule you to the point where you just cry. Or go away. One of the two. Yeah. Like the one kid that like came up to me, he made some kind of snide comment about something. And I just stared at him and then proceeded to, like, he's like, oh, it was a joke. And I was like, yeah, well, it wasn't that funny. And you're kind I of, remember that. Yeah. And I proceeded to just ridicule him for like five minutes until he awkwardly walked away. And I was like, tee yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh. And my closing shot. Oh, God. So we are equal opportunity here. So we obviously have covered cosplay. The do's and don'ts, the do's and don'ts, well, cons in general. How not to be, you know, a shitty comic book elitist. And that leads me into the people who are faithful to the comic books. Uh, and especially when it comes to the cinematic world and dealing with the cinematic fans. Listen, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this. If you read the source material, that's awesome. I'm happy that you do. However, comma. The studios, the movies, that their own standalone thing. Stop attacking people. Should not say this. Stop attacking actresses and actors. Unless they did a really shitty job. On yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Right, and this is, this is kind of the whole Rose thing from Star Wars. Oh. Where, you know, the, the elite of Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like, deep, like, Dost, the, you know, the actress. Who, I'm sorry, I can't think of her name right now. Um, Daisy Ridley? No, no, no. That's that's Ray. Oh. Rose is the uh, the one that was. Everybody thought that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah sorry. They, they were relentlessly. Yeah. Went after her in, in the Last Jedi, and that's not okay. I get it. If you're a Star Wars fan, that that is your go-to. Your the, the know all being all. That's fine. But there's absolutely zero reason to go shit on someone because of source material. That's not okay. It's as if, you know, I showed up at your house, knocked on your door, you answered, you now have a platform with me and you, and I'm just going to sit there and cuss you out repeatedly for like four hours straight. You're going to want to knock some heads in. That's not okay. Don't do that. 
I love the fact that John Boyega just like put out a video and it was like all these mean tweets that people have been sending him, like all the Raylos. Oh God! Yeah. And he put together a video of him just like like the one like he put a tweet up of like this woman being blatantly racist to, toward him. Yeah. And it's like him running over it with a scooter, and all these people were like mad. Yeah. Like, well, you hang on, like you just you just like you just put me on blast in your video, and it's like hang on, like. Twitter's a public forum. You put that out there for the public to see, not him. Do you hit, prepare to get hit back? Yeah, which is something the younger generation needs to learn. A good punch to the nose will do it. And I just totally... I've had a punch to the nose. It's not fun. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, and I, you know, be, be respectful, um, especially when we were exhibitors. Uh, if you walk up to me, and I, I mean, I like to think I was always fair with, with the pricing of comic books that we had. I actually, like, was usually cheaper than most of the other people around because I was trying to be fair about everything. Um, but if you walk up to me and you tell me that you can get the same thing on eBay or Amazon for half the cost, cool. Bye. Go get it. Go get it off eBay or Amazon. Like, I, I'm not playing with you. Yep. It's, uh, I, I, now, that being said, I will negotiate with you. But, you know, you sticking a phone in my face. Hey, don't stick a phone in my face. That shit's rude. Yeah. Like, personal bubbles. I feel like that shouldn't be said either. Shouldn't need to be said, but, you know, it evidently it does. But don't stick a phone in my face. If you do, I, I've already tuned you out. Yep. You know, I, 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 if you start saying stupid shit to me, I most likely have tuned you out. Yes. If you continue to do it, then comes the ridicule. He, he literally has enough stupid shit coming at me. We don't need that everywhere else. I kind of I kind of eat up all this stupid shit meter with the stupid shit that I say. Yeah. So he just he's at capacity. Yeah. Suck it, nerd. What was the there was the one year that we set up and like we were making fun of the the State Farm people next to us oh. relentlessly for the entire weekend because like they decided to make one fucking snide comment like right on Friday when we got there and I can't remember what they said. But, like, we were setting stuff up, and it basically amounted, like, which, by the way, I don't know why State Farm's at a fucking Comic-Con. Stop doing that stupid shit. Is that the one where the woman was, like, super interested in me? I think so. Which I may have ruined that for you, by the way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, they, it basically amounted, the comment was something to the effect of, like, it basically amounted to that we were stupid. And... <laughs> And I, I stopped when the individuals made whatever comment was. And it's been a few years, so I can't remember it. I just remember the feeling I got when they said it. And I said, okay. And walked off. And when, as we came back, uh, this individual was, like, kind of chatting to um, the other State Farm reps that were there. And proceeds to turn around and start pointing at me and laughing. It's all bets off now. Yeah. And I went above and beyond the rest of the weekend. To ridicule the shit out of all of them. To the point where the one, there was one girl that was like slightly interested in Sean and had actually come over and talked to him a few times uh, while I wasn't at the booth. Uh, by the end of the weekend, Don't she. Worry. I had no idea. Yeah, she, yeah, he's oblivious to that shit. Um, but by the end of the weekend, she wanted nothing to do with him because of me. Um, so I will ridicule you, and trust me, I, I'm, I'm good at this. I will get the better of you. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up on that note. Um, Parting thoughts? 
I really don't have any. I think we've we've really covered it all. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I can't agree with that. Oh, fucking idiot. You know what this was. (laughs) No, my party thought, uh, man, be nice to one another. Don't be dicks. Uh, You know, help each other. Learn. You know, you go go today. Go pick up and go to a brick and mortar store. Yes. To get your comics. I know Amazon is awesome. I'm just as guilty as using Amazon for everything. Yeah. But when it comes to this kind of stuff that's, you know, comics or board games or something like that, go to the store. Not only are you supporting your local business, which is huge to me, uh, huge to both of us, um, but you'll be amazed at the lasting friendships you will make just going into a store. There are people that I consider dear friends now, and it's just from the comic book store. Be nice, go to the store, support your local business. You also get better recommendations from actually having conversations oh, yeah. with people in comic book stores. Absolutely. Like I know Amazon does like the 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 oh you you're buying this. Others who have bought this have bought this as well. The recommended buy shit. That's bullshit. Yeah, no, don't go off that. Um, like go to a comic book store and have an uh, like have a genuine conversation about what you're actually fucking interested in with the guy behind the counter. And he will point you to some obscure ass shit that you will actually like. Yep. Especially Dave. Dave's wonderful for that. Yeah. Which I there's really one singular store in the Cincinnati area that I will die hard support, and that is Rockin' Roosters down on Glenway. If you've not been there and you're local to Cincinnati, Dayton, Covington, or oh, that, you you need to go to Rockin' Roosters. That place is just fucking awesome. So we are in Dayton right now, and I will drive to Rockin' Roosters if I need to get comics. Yeah. Dave is. Probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's super inclusive. It's the beard. It's the beard. I love it. Dave, his beard's amazing. Yeah, to paint a picture, like Dave, Dave is an older gentleman with the most majestic Gandalf beard. It's like, and he will he will point you in the direction. Like you just tell him what you're interested in, and he will he will have the most obscure random knowledge of some comic book. And and I've done it to him. I've tried to come up with some random shit. Yeah, you can't. Hey, he's he's gotten the better of me every time. I'll go home with something, I'll read it, and I'll be like, holy shit, he was right. Fuck, I did like that. He's literally like the Wikipedia of comics. Yeah. Like, he has it all. Yeah. And he knows it all. And he's also, oh, thanks, Pete the Madman, for following. Thanks, Pete. You're a little late to the show. Um, we're, we're actually wrapping shit up. But, um. Because we have to pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> Got bills to pay. It's but, um. Bullshit. But, yeah, give it a, you know. He's, and now that, that's actually thrown my train of thought. Um, but, you know, Dave, and Dave's also an awesome guy, too, because if you get to know Dave, it's the age-old tale of the, the old-school comic book store owner. You get to know Dave, and you tell him what you're interested in, and if like, you're hunting down key issues, I don't know how many times like Dave would get like a key issue for a comic book that I would have been looking for, and he'd actually call me. And be like, hey, I got this in. And he'd set it aside. And then when I get there, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll be honest with you. I got it for this amount, but I need to make some money. So I, I'm not going to sell it to you for what the book says I should. But here's, you know, I'll, I'll give you an awesome deal. Like, yeah. you know, so A, it pays to be nice, but it also pays to actually have genuine conversations with people, you know, especially the ones behind the counter at these stores. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah. So we're we're gonna wrap it up. Um, I'm gonna cut the the podcast feed first, and then we'll probably cut the stream feed. Uh, there's a few last things I'm gonna say on the stream before um, we end the stream. But that being said, uh, for the podcast, uh, if you guys uh, want to watch us live talk about this stuff, which tends to be a little bit funnier at times because um, we make some interesting faces at each other. Uh, I apologize too for the, the one camera window thing we got going on today on the Twitch stream because, uh, I'm absent minded. I forgot the other camera at home, but, uh, follow at, uh, twitch.com backslash Dante FF eight seven, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and then, uh, we'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Team Gamut Podcast. Intro and outro music written and performed by Twin Music. Audio editing done at the Ride On Tune Studios. All rights reserved. Thank you.